If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. How angry are all of you at some of these players you drafted? That is one of the things we are going to get into today. We spend all offseason drafting these players, upping our exposures, downing our exposures, trying to get the lay of the land on which players we want in our portfolio. And sometimes by the second quarter of the first week, we're already upset about it. So today, myself, the returning Eric Bimefor, much like DeAndre Hopkins, are going to hit on these topics. And uh, it's going to be a space for all of us to, to vent. So I want you to woo-saw, woo-saw. Get ready, and let's talk about this together. Eric, I have been doing deep research on the Salem witch trials of 1692, right? Just so you know, you're muted, by the way. Um, and I feel like the last time we did a stream together was in 1692. I know. Um, I took a. I, I've I've been away for a little bit of time. Unfortunately, unfortunately, fortunately, it wasn't like DeAndre Hopkins because I didn't get all juiced up on uh on steroids and and get kicked off of streams for for a few weeks but i'm excited to be well i guess it this is kind of like uh the doom scrolling of best ball right it's like i'm excited to be back but mm -hmm. it's gonna i'm like i'm ready to like rage tilt about like <laughs> all these players and it's so fitting that we're having this show after we got to watch another godforsaken broncos game in uh in prime time which is just like <laughs> every every week as if somebody else didn't get hurt to tilt me or uh, just like bad football or whatever, you know, something happening that's, that's tilting me. Then we got to, the fantasy gods got to put the cherry on top with another Broncos or bears or commanders or whatever primetime game, just to like leave that sour taste in your mouth. And we're getting bears Patriots on Monday night, this coming <laughs> week. And it's like, I mean, I live in New England, you know, I'm a Patriots <laughs> fan, but like, what the hell are we doing? Like this, this whole flex schedule needs to be upped. Like they need to, you know, after a quarter of the season, let's say after four games, you kind of know, right? You kind of, I mean, you can have some surprise teams come from behind, but you know, at that point, like who people want to watch, nobody wants to watch the Broncos again. 
Just nobody. And the, su- the surprise teams are usually at least like you could not maybe see it coming like with like an insane run or something like maybe the Bengals, but there was yeah. like reasons to be excited. You're like, I mean, like the Bengals last year, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T Higgins, right? Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd. Like you understand why they would at least be fun to watch putting. Right. Yeah. What is the point of the, someone explained to me the point of being able to flex games when Bill's chiefs is in the afternoon of a, of a, of a week and we can't put it on prime time. Right. That also would have been nice for my DFS, <laughs> my DFS play. So I didn't have to decide on, on eating the Bills Chiefs chalk or not. But it's been a weird, which we'll, we'll get into, I'm sure, in a sec. It, it's been a very weird to me kind of first six weeks of the fantasy season. It feels like, I'm sure we say this every year, but it feels different than yeah. kind of almost every year. And so maybe that's why like the tilt levels are crazier because it's like normally like last year, it was like six weeks in. Oh shit. You know, I wasn't drafting Derrick Henry. I felt buried, but that tilt was like, I don't know. I could have seen this coming. <laughs> like yeah. you're an idiot. Yeah. You, did, you didn't yeah. draft Derrick Henry. He has, you know, 10 million points. It is what it is. This year feels like every week is a new thing. Um, and, and some of the teams are just so bad. And not just so bad, but so predictably bad in their decision making, like the Broncos, that it's just it it just feels so different and 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 more tilting, honestly, because of that. Um, I think it's got a lot to do with. I think I saw the stat that scoring is down twenty two percent, and I might be a little off on that number, but through the first six weeks, it's twenty two percent lower, and it's the lowest it's been in thirteen seasons, I think. Jesus. So I think that is, I mean, I'm kind of pulling those stats off of, uh, sorry, I can't remember who tweeted it. And it's been a few days since I saw it. So <laughs> it's one of those things, but it, but it was a tweet that stuck out to me. I'm like, yeah, it feels like we're just not scoring points. Like we haven't had very many like back and forth offensive blowout games this year. Everything feels, it feels mundane. I guess that's the word I'll use. This season feels yeah mundane so far. That's a that's a that's probably the perfect word. And I think it's a little bit because there's kind of like I, I keep saying this. I think I stole this from um Ben Gratch or Sean Siegel or, or somebody, but uh called it like it feels like there's just the haves and yeah. the have nots. And that that's that's the mundaneness is because there's only a few haves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, the the Bills, the Chiefs, um, the Eagles. That's about it. <laughs> you know, right. That's it. Right. That, that's about that's about it. We thought this we we almost thought the Seahawks kind of were in were in that uh ballpark, the Lions, right? But it's kind of some weird teams that are like fringy. It's really just like the Bills, Chiefs, Eagles. It's like it feels like everybody else is just vying for who's gonna make the playoffs and lose to those teams. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't see anything exciting really about almost any other team. I mean, there's little things here and there. But the haves and the have-nots thing make it so that unless you unless the game is Bills against the Chiefs or Bills against the Eagles or maybe you know Eagles against somebody at least decent, is it that, that it, it's bad? It's it's bad football. There's no scoring. There's terrible coaching. There's terrible quarterback play. Like people are tilting. Um, I can't remember who it was. I was talking to in the in the, the Discord yesterday. Was like tilting their Kyler teams. And I was like, look, I have a lot of Kyler. And I mean, I'm not particularly in love with how it started, 
but he's mm-hmm. like the QB seven. <laughs> and it's like, you're mad at how, look at how bad Kyler's played and how bad the Cardinals have played. And that's like one of the best quarterback options we have. Yeah. Because there's just no, there's, there's nothing really good um, going on outside of a, a, a couple of teams. So it feels like, man, I mean, the, this show is perfect because there's just like a million things to tilt outside of, unless you have teams with the bills, Eagles, and even the chiefs. Uh, I want to bring them up later. They're there. They look good, like as an offense. But other than Travis Kelsey, are you really excited about having right. any Chiefs on your team? So it's really just kind of like Bills, Eagles and a, some sprinkling of other guys mixed in that you're excited about. And I think like myself and you can actually before we start tilting, we can victory lap the Eagles because they were a big point oh, yeah. of contention in the offseason. Right. And you don't see the people that were that were um, twerping about like how. The Eagles are going to be the run heaviest team. They're not going to pass the ball, blah, 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 blah. And I know for a fact myself and you were like, they're telling us what they want to do with this offense. They don't want to be the run first offense. They, and I mean, it helps that Jalen Hurts looks a million times better this year. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I think one of the processes, and we're going to do a show on this in the future, is reading the tea leaves and show the team telling you what they want to be. Teams will tell you what they want to be. It's just, do they have the personnel? And I thought the Eagles had the personnel to do what they were doing. So, a hundred percent. You you said that I think when we did. I don't remember. We did um, a few different shows where I think we touched on this with with the Eagles, and I really it, it ended up being where I'm just like above market on every Eagles player. Jalen Hurts, I'm like so so just because he just so happened to. Fall. He it was like him and Kyler. I actually had Kyler like in my like rankings or whatever I had Mm -hmm. Kyler above him. And then obviously I was really into Lance and stuff. And so Hertz just fell into uh, a so-so exposure to me, which feels really painful right now, but just like smashing AJ Brown, smashing Devonta Smith. Yeah. People, people didn't like it, but smashing Miles Sanders. And it's not like he's crushing, but like, I mean, would you rather have Miles Sanders or, you know, uh, how many other Miles Sanders in the ninth round or how many other running backs? You know, uh, he, he looks awesome, particularly on zero RB teams. He's on like all my he's on like all my best teams. Dallas Goddard. People were, you know, worried about target share for Dallas Goddard in a run mm-hmm. heavy team. He's one of the best tight ends in fantasy. And so, yeah, the Eagles are one of the only things I'm not. To, I, I'm, I guess what I will say to, to spin it to the show. I'm tilting the Eagles because they they are obsessed with getting to the fourth quarter and taking the foot off the gas. They, <laughs> they haven't they been pushed be, yet. They could be blowing away. They could be with the Bills. It could if we were sitting in the show right now and the Eagles gave a shit about blowing teams out. We could be sitting here like if you don't have the Bills or the Eagles on your teams, you are fucked. Yeah, but they <laughs> they just haven't they haven't done the Josh Allen thing where it's like. YOLO, dude. We're throwing 50-yard bombs in the fourth quarter up by 30. We don't care. They they, they just want to run and get out of dodge, which has been good for Miles Sanders, I guess, but they... Their, their they, defense is so good. So yeah, they, their, defense, their defense is awesome. They're just really good, and so um, I'll be interested to see them kind of over the course of the season and how things go, but those are the, really the only two teams I would feel particularly awesome about. I feel good about Mahomes and Kelsey um, and then Eagles-Bills. All right, so let's start getting into some of these players that we are tilting. We've each compiled basically a top five list of guys that are just tilting our face off for how much we drafted them for one reason <laughs> or not. And I got to start. I mean, it's injury related, but Javante Williams is yeah. 
murdering me right now. And here's a guy that was supposed to be on one of these offenses that we were really excited about. We weren't, I wasn't worried about the timeshare with Melvin Gordon because I just know the league's trending towards these dual backfields. And as long as he got 65%, 60% of the carries, I was happy. And then everything was setting up. Melvin Gordon in the doghouse, potentially getting traded. Javante starting to look like a workhorse, workhorse running back. See how angry I am? I can't even talk right now. <laughs> and they, then it, go ahead, go ahead. And then it just all falls apart. Like the knee goes, and now we might not even be able to like really feel confident about Javante Williams again until two years from now. And yeah, it sucks. sucks. It, it sucks. Awful. It, it, it sucks for him. Mm-hmm. It sucks. It sucks for fantasy. I uh, I've, I have a good buddy that I play in uh, multiple like dynasty leagues with and stuff. And uh, he's been trying. I have Javante in them. Javante was like my favorite. Like everybody knows, I've been like talking about Javante since like last year. I made a stupid, probably drunken tweet where I was like, "Oh, Javante is going to be the one hundred two next year," which was obviously <laughs> hyperbole, but. Um, and, and and Melvin came back. Well, otherwise, he might have been, you know, a top five uh, pick. But it was one of those where all year everyone tells you, you can't take this guy. You can't take this guy. Didn't you see last year? Didn't you see Melvin Gordon? It's a timeshare. It's a 50-50 split, which is also really disingenuous because everybody drafts Nick Chubb in a timeshare. Everybody drafts Alvin Kamara in a timeshare. It's obviously more nuanced than that, but it became one of those like, you know, Javante became one of the Gabe Davises and the Kyle Pitts and the you know the the guys who haven't quite done it yet uh, that end up being these really polarizing like meme worthy draft picks all summer, and then it happened. Melvin Gordon, st- there, there's reports that if J- Javante hadn't gotten hurt in that one game, they were going to cut Melvin Gordon. Yeah, <laughs> like, he was gone. It was it was it was over. Like they don't even. And then there's quotes today coming out. Hackett saying like yeah I'm gonna have a conversation with Melvin because I don't want it you know I don't he's like I don't want it to be like he doesn't know what's going on or whatever um which apparently means he didn't know what was going on because Melvin said uh yesterday after the game he was like I don't know they just they just didn't play me they I played nine snaps what do you want me to do yeah and he said and and he was like I could have helped the team win yeah, and I mean, I do think he could have, to be totally frank. Um, yeah. I, I did draft quite a bit of Melvin Gordon. But anyway, ev- it happened. Everything that everyone said why you could not draft the superstar, young, 22-year-old running back in what we thought was going to be an amazing high upside offense, it happened. And it happened in that game before, right before he got, he got hurt on the first play of the second half. I believe it was um, two, two weeks ago. He took over Melvin fumbled again in that game, got benched. Javante played every snap. Literally. He became the, he became the CMC of, of the offense. It happened. You know, the reckoning, the thing that nobody ever thought could happen because Melvin was going to take 50% of the touches. It happened. And then boom, you know, ACL and it was one of the bad, it's one of the, like a Gus Edwards, uh, you know, type level where he he tore multiple ligaments. And so I don't, I don't, I I don't suspect we'll see him until, you know, midway through next year or something like that. And so that one, that one sucks. I, uh, I think he's the most frustrating one because selfishly, because he's the type of guy I like to target 
because there's uncertainty. Those are my favorite type play. Really? We, there's not uncertainty in that Javante was good. No one ever questioned that. And honestly, there wasn't <laughs> uncertainty in the Broncos offense. Maybe there should have been uh, uncertainty in that. But the only thing people questioned was like the workload. And those are the kinds of guys I like to bet on, right? Because if there was, if, if Melvin didn't exist, which we've, we're finding out now that Melvin basically didn't exist, uh, he would have been a first round pick and you got him in the third round. And mm-hmm. so it's frustrating when that when that doesn't come to fruition, when like that's what everybody told you, you're an idiot for that. And, and you weren't, but he just gets hurt. Yeah, that's pretty sad. So who is your first guy you wanted to hit on? <sighs> I'm trying to think about the, the best um, order to do this here. Here's here's my my number one, because he's my and it's really nothing about this individual player. He's not, this is not in order necessarily of like who I'm most tilted about, but my highest own running back on both sites is Daryl Henderson. And if you would have told me six weeks into the season, Cam Akers was going to quiet quit. <laughs> I don't know if it was too quiet, man. He yeah, just quit. <laughs> he's going to loud quit. He's going to pull an Antonio Brown or whatever. Uh, who was the corner that quit uh, at halftime? Uh, oh my God. <laughs> Jets, Giants, something like that. Anyway, yeah. it was once upon a time good, and then you know wasn't good anymore, and uh, and and quit. I think it had like left the stadium. At, <laughs> like, at half, deuces. At yeah, <laughs> which is so baller. I wish I had that much money that I could just do that. But I if wish you would have told every me, day, every day. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> you can just walk out in the middle yeah. of this show. Like if I got up in the middle of the show, it's just like fuck you. I'm out of here. <laughs> and, um, but so Daryl Henry, the thesis was that he's going I don't know why the Super Bowl champion running back who's definitely going to have some kind of a role uh and obviously has the contingent value if something happens to Cam Akers not only did he just like kind of take the job from Vontae Davis yes the pride of the University of Illinois uh Vontae Davis um that's great man that was so funny so anyway if you would have told me we would be sitting here on the show talking about what we're tilting through six weeks, and you would say, Cam Akers quit the freaking team on the Super Bowl champs, and you have 40% Daryl Henderson. I would be like, Can can I like take out a loan on the equity? Because my my equity on my best ball teams is an absolute smash right now. Same thing, combine it with the first tilt of Javante Williams, where you're like, Melvin Gordon is gonna, you know, is gonna get benched for Latavius Murray, and you combine that with Daryl Henderson. I would think. You know, this is absolute wheels up. It feels like last year when I smashed Darrington Evans and Derrick Henry gets hurt and I don't get to reap any other awards. But this one, it's because the Super Bowl champion offense is horrible. The Rams are horrible. There is no value in that backfield. I mean, he scored a touchdown. Yay. Congratulations. I got my 10 Daryl Henderson points or whatever. But it's so frustrating to, again, kind of like be right about something not right but just like it it played out in your favor right cam Akers is not there anymore and the offensive line is like a bunch of xfl dudes now (laughs) they just they suck that their offense is terrible um i think when kyron williams comes back he's probably going to end up you know getting work and the daryl henderson thesis is totally stone dust so i'm i'm very tilted about daryl henderson i understand that but i do feel like they are a team that just they might just make a run like in the next two to three weeks where we just see them start to progressively get better. So maybe not. 
Maybe they're just us. Maybe yeah. they just they put all their eggs in last year and they did what they needed to do. They had to win the Super Bowl, right? Like that was the thesis of the trade. Yep. They did it. It worked. And it worked. So like if you're a Rams fan, you can't be upset, but for our best ball stuff, we can be for sure. Yep. Um so my next one, I'm going to throw a gigantic curveball at you. And I am not going to name a player. Okay. I'm going to name a position. Tight ends? What are we doing <laughs> with this position? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, we knew it was going to be bad, but, like, how bad can a position be? It is It is brutal. <laughs> like, and we're going to end up having to have a discussion based on the one the onesie positions going forward about how we attack them, like, in future years. I don't know if it'll ever be quite this bad again, though. This is atrocious. There are two tight ends in the NFL. Two. Two, yeah. Like, I'm, like, writing, I'm writing articles every week for, like, the Battle Royale tournament, <laughs> and it's and it, every time, like, the best pick is, like, some tight end that nobody actually really wants to draft because they stink, but it's because literally now the top two picks in a Battle Royale or a sneak draft on drafters every week, Mark Andrews, and Travis Kelsey, because nobody wants any of the other bums. So you have to be like, well, if you if you don't get Andrews or Kelsey, here's a maybe a touchdown that you pray to God can score a touch can, or a yeah. tight end that can pray to God he scores a touchdown. And that's it. It's so it is it is so bad. I want to I want to share something on this subject because I was just looking at some of my teams uh, before this, and I, I I think you'll appreciate it. So the big board. Remember the big board. Yeah. The tournament on on, on underdog. Um, I think I drafted like ten. So thirty three percent. Oh, this is thirty three percent on uh, this this particular player that I I searched for. I think I have like 10, 10, 15 teams or something like that. I'm not doing terrible in the mm-hmm. big board. My best team by far in the big board is so bad at tight end. I've I've only used Kylan Granson's score at tight end. <laughs> Through six weeks, the rest of the team is just like really good, though. It's a freaking Blake Jarwin team. Why oh. did I draft three Blake Jarwin teams? <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> I really have no idea. But it's a it is a Kylan Granson. Uh, uh, I think it's actually this one on the left hand side. Uh, Trey McBride, who has like zero fantasy <laughs> points on the year. Blake Jarwin, who's not even Blake Jarwin and Cam Akers are holding hands, uh, you know, out in the parking lot. And Kylan Granson, I have like 20 total points at tight end on this team. And I drafted three. You know, I've, I've always been the like, uh, I'm just going to take two because, you know, I just hope to hit on the position, blah, blah, blah. I even did the take take three tight ends. My best team has Blake freaking Jarwin, Trey McBride, and Kylan Granson. Because if you don't have Andrews and Kelsey, tight end doesn't fucking matter. It, it absolutely doesn't. It'll matter in the playoffs. But right. right now, it absolutely does not matter. The position is a disaster. It is. It is brutal. And it's like you go through your teams, even your best teams, and you're looking at that position. If you have a high scoring team that doesn't have Kelsey or Andrews, you're just like, oh, it does. That's that position just basically doesn't matter. But I guarantee like the top, you know, 100 teams and and the uh, all Andrews, Kelsey, all, all Andrews, Kelsey. I think I have a team at 174 right now, and I don't even know if I have one of the two of them on it. It's uh it actually blows my mind because it's a Justin Herbert team. Like, oh wow! Uh, of all, like I have like four percent Herbert, 
I have all this weight on Lamar and <laughs> Hertz and Mahomes, like crazy amounts of equity on those guys. And my highest scoring team by far is a Justin Herbert team. And it's like, how? How is that the team that is the highest scoring team? But um, yeah, so like just the position as a whole, it is it is so gross and it is so painful to to have to look at it every week. Like it hurts to look at your best ball teams. It sucks to try to make a DFS lineup. Like just tight end as a whole is the worst. Oh, and by the way, this team that I have my most points for is a four tight end build. And I think it's <laughs> going to be viable going forward because it is a team that I drafted. Noah Fant, Evan Ingram, Taysom Hill, and Cameron Brait. Like basically probably the last four rounds. It was yeah. like this build that I didn't do too, too much. But like, I think, it's, we're going to hold it, but that is going to be like one of the main strategies going forward, I think, in best ball is just punt tight end and draft three or four of them at the end. Just because yep. who cares? Who cares? Pray, click and pray with the uh, click and spray and pray at the end of the at the end of the draft and take your yeah, take your I also think um, the Taysom thing was obviously very unique this year. But I, I do think it was a miss for me to not because I was into the like I I, I didn't do four mm. um and I'll, I'll I'll look at it and think about it next year with the four you know like last four picks basically but I do think it was a miss to for me to not be doing three late tight end teams with Taysom I know it's a little bit of you know he's had what two or three big games um so far with the, apparently this dude is like the reincarnation, the, the Mormon Jamal Charles or something. Why does he keep having what, what every game? I'm, I don't watch the Saint games, Saints games. Cause they're horrible. Why is he ripping off 60 yard runs every week? Like they, they, they didn't have Michael Thomas, Travis Landry or Trey or, uh, uh, Chris Olave this week. It's Traquan Smith and Keith Kirkwood on the outside, and you're letting Taysom run for 60 yards on his own read like play some fucking defense. Like, it's the what funniest are we doing? thing to watch. Because he comes in, it's like here comes Taysom Hill to run to run the football, and like teams are just dropping yards. back, and he just <laughs> got down the field. Like it's unreal to watch every week. It's like, how are you not seeing what's about to happen? Just he's gonna do what he does. He does it every week. When my fr- so uh, I coached high school football for a, f- a few years after I um, got done playing. And uh, one of my first years, we had like a real like so I went to, a, you know, school of like twelve hundred kids in the you know, suburbs of St. Louis. And so a reasonably small school. We had one of the best players in the state of Illinois. He went to Tennessee. Uh, he was a four four star recruit, six, five, like two twenty five, 40 inch vertical, like, you know, could like grab a quarter off the top of the backboard benched like three. 20 what just a total absolute freak but he was playing he was recruited as a wide receiver he played wide receiver uh up until his senior year we had no one to play quarterback his senior year to throw in the ball so we played him at quarterback and you know and you're in the the suburbs of st louis this mutant sec football player (laughs) playing playing uh quarterback we just ran zone read and the dude like he never threw it he we just ran the ball with him every single snap and it was like how do we score we would score 30 30 plus points a game and it's like how do we ever score they should just literally never go towards our running back tackle this guy and this and at least th- that guy had like a physical advantage where you know it was like there was a 200 pound kid trying to tackle him 
Yeah. Taysom Hill is not, I know he's a good athlete, is not at some crazy advantage over right. the Bengals defense. Why are they why are they not making him throw or hand the ball off to Mark fucking Ingram? Like <laughs> what is so hard about stopping the zone read in the in the in, in modern football? I I I I don't get it. But anyway, back to the tight end thing. I do feel like it was a little bit of a mistake because there was always like with how bad the position was and we kind of knew it was bad sprinkle him in into those builds right take your like you said cameron brates my kylan grantson's uh trey mcbride's whatever uh, those guys late higby's and joku's john take those guys isaiah likely mix them in with some Taysom, and you can get just enough sprinkled through just luck box your touchdowns here and there and then I mean, just honestly, you just pray to God somehow Taysom's playing quarterback then in week 17 and like yeah. you win, you know? And so I do feel like that was a, that was a lesson. And the other thing was a Nez saying single, single elite tight end, my best team, my highest scoring team, which is not really that high scoring eight forty something um, on in best ball mania uh, is so low Kelsey, no one else. Now, obviously yeah. I'm going to take a zero in the, the, the bye week but the way tight ends are scoring, do I give a shit? No, I'm I'm like not like uh I think Pete Overzet tweeted it today. He was like, shout out to the bye week bros. You know, thank God they have whatever. Tyler Higby covered with Cole Komet this week. You know, like they, <laughs> you know, it's like, congratulations, you didn't take the zero. You're gonna get one point from your right. tight end position. And it's like, that's how I feel. Like I think it's kind of this barbell. We talk about barbelling draft season extreme draft strategies and stuff. And I think I should have drafted more Kelsey Andrews and honestly, even Pitts. I know he's been a disappointment, but if you're going to spend a top three round pick on the tight end and the position is this bad, what, what, what does, what, what, what the hell does, yeah. What does Cole Komet help? What does Kylan Granson help? What is They don't, it doesn't matter. Take your swings, try to find Ramondre, try to find, you know, um, Eno and Ken Walker, find those guys. Those guys win you the million, two million dollars. Not, not salvaging three points when Travis Kelsey's on a buy. Uh, unless you think you have a super edge on a guy late, such yes. as Taysom Hill, right? Right. Like if you like, just a different level of player potential, which we can establish occasionally. We saw it this year clearly with Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be. I don't know, man. And we're not going to probably see another Taysom Hill per se, but it would have to be like some sort of rookie that that could come out and we're like, well, maybe this yeah. guy has a chance to do something. Um, so that was my tight ends that got us off on that tangent. What do you have for your next guy? All right. Can we talk about both of our guys and definitely your guy? We talked about the haves and the have-nots, and this offense is very much a have. They showed it again on oh, on Sunday off, for, for for a second half against a great defense. He scored a touchdown. I know, I know. That's that sucked. That that really that really sucked. That was the cherry on top of stacking Tom Brady against uh, an XFL secondary and him scoring like ten fantasy points and not being able to complete a freaking <laughs> pass and then running. Leonard Fournette ran for like two yards a carry and and got like twenty five carries and the Bucks lost to the Steelers and I stacked the Bucks like a total donkey. Oh. But then we get to the afternoon and yes, MVS scored a touchdown. We got robbed, but he's been kind of everything we hoped. Mm-hmm. 
and we're just not getting Mahomes missed him. If you remember against the Colts, he he ran a, kind of a double move, and it was the typical seventy-five yard play you draft MVS for. And everybody that hated on Tyreek and the Tua thing, like oh Tua can't throw downfield to Tyreek. Tyreek's hitting big plays every single week, no matter who's back there at quarterback. Tua, Skylar Thompson, Teddy Bridgewater doesn't matter. Right. Mahomes is missing. MVS and these guys on deep throws. MVS had his one big play a couple weeks against a couple weeks ago against the Colts, and then had another touchdown this week that he should have scored. And we're just not getting it. And then two weeks ago, we get the volume. We get what uh, six, seven for ninety or whatever it was, almost a hundred yards. Just don't get the bonus. It's frustrating because it feels like he was such a good pick. He's playing every snap with Patrick Mahomes. Has gotten some big play shots has you know Mahomes is throwing a zillion touchdowns everything is going like you planned Hardman is just the gadgety Hardman Sky is not the you know the threat so far to him he's the guy out there and he's still MVS he's getting open down the field you know uh, occasionally and he's getting a little more volume outside of this past week than we expected and it's just Give me the fucking fantasy points. Yeah. I, 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 the Sklansky bucks are not helping. I want the I want, I want the fantasy points that we we're supposed to get when when we have this role on the Chiefs. Yeah, it feels like they they're targeting wide receivers, but then their tight ends have every single touchdown. Whether all it's of them, Travis Kelsey or Jordy Fortson or Noah Gray and Ceh and Jerick McKinnon and I I mean Juju got one on Sunday, which was great. But I had Mahomes double stacked with MVS and Juju. And I was like, all right, got the Juju touchdown. Let's get this MVS one. And then I was in first place <laughs> in the afternoon only slate. And I was like, let's just make sure I mush myself. And I threw the team in the uh in the Discord. And as soon as I did that, down Diggs re- scored, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Gabe, like- Gabe scored because I had Diggs and I didn't have Gabe because I couldn't make it work. So I went singletary digs as my as my two. Who Singletary's looking quite nice this yeah, year. Not tilting <laughs> the Devin Singletary shares. Uh nope. Zach Moss inactive on Sunday. Uh feeling really good about Devin Singletary for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm but with MVS, I'm like, it's coming. Like it still feels like it's coming though. It's it sucks. And it's just like, come it's on. Tilting. It's, yeah. I don't I don't I don't feel like him about like Javante. Right. Javante's obviously dead. Trey Lance is dead. Um the, Bron- the Broncos are just feel totally, absolutely stone cold dead. And I don't feel like that about MVS, but it's tilting the shit out of me because when you draft 30% of this guy, I, you just want, I just want like, just give me one or two of these, these big games. And he's, he's had like what, like two kind of usable ish weeks, but nothing, nothing to write home about, but he's going to crush it in week 17. That's the thesis <laughs> of the play. And, you know, just to, just to show you how much we care about week 17, Hopefully I can do this. <laughs> oh God. Yes. If you haven't seen the new, uh, I can post a link in the, uh, one of us will post a link in the chat. If you haven't seen the new week 17 shirts to go with um, the incredible music video that Rob uh, and co put together for uh, the week 17 shanty. We have, we have t-shirts for you too. I need to order one, by the way. We we have two versions too. I put one with the schedule, which uh, Blundell crushed it with the graphics on it. So good. Um, and then we have like the evergreen one where it's just, you know, week 17, cause it's going to be the thing every year. Week 17 is the year and the, is the week. And 
MVS is just as viable still as any of those other players that he because we know he still has it in him. It's not like we watched him and we're like, oh, he's completely washed, right? Like we're like, yeah, there's potential there, but he's the same. Now, it's he's the same. It's like he's like a, a shittier version of Gabe. It, it's it's he, he's out there. He's gonna make some big plays, but he's gonna be out there. Mm-hmm. That's all you, you're just you just are hoping for the big plays, and he's gotten open a few times. It just hasn't just hasn't worked. Um, can we talk really quickly and double back to this Tigers comment that I saw that? Third, yeah, he's in thirteenth in BBM with <laughs> Mike Gusecki and Hayden, and Hayden Hurst. This team has to be absolutely freaking. I know, I know, they've probably ping ponged weeks well enough. I mean, Gusecki just had his big game this this week, and Hayden Hurst two weeks ago, and um, it's probably worked out well enough. But even then, the first couple of weeks were probably not awesome at tight end, especially given what Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey were doing. So man, you had to just absolutely have crushed this team. Shout out, shout out to you. Good luck. Like, yeah, man, you're, you're in, team in the chat. So yeah, that you're just kind of see you're, and you're very live because if you're in 13th without some of the, what I would expect to be by far the chalkiest players and you're loaded at running back wide receiver, probably have Josh Allen or Jalen hurts or something at quarterback. Like you're a legit live. Like I would, I would be very excited about this team. If I were you, do you think that? So, just guessing, this is one of the maybe he has one of those McCaffrey round two, someone, and then maybe Saquon in the third, or at least McCaffrey, Saquon in the second. Saquon makes sense. I was gonna say, um, one of the first round wide receivers, Mm -hmm. cup, cup, yeah, Cup. cup would make sense. Probably Cup because <clears throat> Jefferson's had a couple of big spikes, but Cup is just <laughs> every fucking week, dude. It, uh, it it literally doesn't matter. Just it, pencil in, pencil in twelve points minimum. Like the floor is twelve, um, and the, the floor is usually I like see one. Every week I see him, it's just how how is he this wide open all the time in the NFL? Like he doesn't particular. It's funny because he doesn't particularly look great at anything after he catches the ball like he's great he's great like he's a great player but he just doesn't like i don't know he just must be the best route runner in the history of the nfl right now um this is what i was gonna say by the way ga says tyreek um tyreek has been awesome you know he had about one or two down weeks he got hurt the one week and then had maybe a mm -hmm. down week when Tua got hurt or something like that um one or two but i mean my god he had the 50 spot or whatever it was the one week and he's he's just he's he's crushing aj brown is crushing um i'm trying to think uh but saquon saquon is has been awesome chubb has been really good so there's probably a few different combinations you could you could you could get but cup 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 is the reason <clears throat> when you draft jamar chase that you're mad because you're like the Bengals offense has its flaws uh, speaking of tilt, keeping this subject alive, how does Jamar Chase not score like 15 fantasy points every single week? The Rams, the Rams can't protect Stafford for more than like 2.5 seconds, and 
and everyone and Allen Robinson can't get open and they don't have a third wide receiver. It's Ben Skoranek. Ben Skoranek couldn't get open in the Big Ten and he's out there as the third <laughs> wide receiver for the for he went to Northwestern, dude. Like th- this dude is a this dude is a the definition of a jag. I actually don't know how he's in the NFL. Shout out to Northwestern. Uh, yes, shout out to Northwestern. He's also very he's he's probably very smart. So good good for him. That's probably why McVay likes him. Also, that that I was gonna say something inappropriate. I'm glad I didn't say it. Uh, <laughs> Cup McVeigh just like knows how to get Cup the ball, and Stafford gets Cup the ball. Right? It's like the whole defense. Allen Robinson can't get open. The whole de- Tyler Higby is just like a checkdown artist. He's a glorified checkdown running back at at tight end. When not, when all else fails, because a Rob can't get open, and God forbid Ben Skaronic can't, can't can't get open. It's like let's check it down to Tyler Higby. They just get cup the ball. It's the only way they can compete in games, and the defense knows it. Like the NFL teams know how good Cooper Cup is, and he catches ten balls every week, and he scores touchdowns every week. And why? Why would there ever be a scenario in which Jamar Chase doesn't do the same thing, or Justin Jefferson? Justin Jefferson's getting closer. He has had one or two weeks where you're like. What the fuck, man? What four targets against the Lions? Like, what are we what what are we doing here? But Cup is the reason why you get tilted about like every other. Why do you get tilted about? He's not on my list of tilt players, but because tight end's so bad. But like when you draft twenty five percent Kyle Pitts, why are you tilted about his lack of production? You watch Cooper Cup and you watch an offense just get the ball to their best players. No matter what, defense doesn't matter. Nothing matters. They get the ball to Cooper Cup, and Kyle Pitts is out here getting three targets. Well, we we knew with the the Bengals that my biggest fear was just the way they were going to play offensively this year because we saw what they did in games that they weren't pushed last year. They play a very specific way, and this is part of scoring being down. Nobody has like pushed the Bengals really this year to Mm-mm. play explosively, right? So they don't. And then they play these like little games where they're, you know, sort of in them. So they're still running mix in a ton. They're not, they're not firing the ball downfield. Like they're tough to watch. And it was my biggest fear with the Bengals. And we were drafting three Bengals in the top two rounds, um, according to ADP. And I think we even said it at one point, like this offense is not going to sustain three top 24 picks. It's just, not built for that. So you need to pick the one or maybe the two that you think it's going to be. For me, it was Chase. Like it was a clear cut, obvious. He's just better than the other two players. Um, you know, and then you just get into that whole argument of that back first round. Do you take Mixon? No, you took Kelsey. Kelsey was the answer to the end of the first round. Kelsey, 100%. Saquon, Saquon, uh, because he was right. Diggs, Diggs, Kelsey, Saquon, yeah. Devontae. In whatever order you would prefer, to, Kelsey probably first because of tight end, yeah. like you said. Um, Kelsey digs Saquon Devonte for sure. Is like there's really no questioning it. After yeah. once you got past, um, I know that CMC hasn't done it, and JT got dinged up and hasn't really done it either. But I, I don't really have any. You know, it, it's revisionist history if people want to go back and say like, oh, you're an idiot for drafting JT or CMC. No one was saying that. So we're yeah. not even gonna we're not even gonna talk about that. But besides those two guys and the big three wide receivers, Eckler's been we, we you know had a couple of good two good games basically and a bunch of other trash. Yep. Um, which is what I I wasn't drafting. I don't have any Eckler. No, um, we, were, we were pushing Diggs to six. I yep, think both was, of us was, were. 
Kelsey Diggs, Kelsey Diggs, Devontae was yeah. what I was thinking after after the top five. Um, that's what the Spike Week rankings were. That's one of the things that I feel honestly best about. It's probably what's helping me the most this year was the top five was so locked in for me mm-hmm. with those big three wide receivers and the top two running backs. It is what it is with your JT and CMC teams. You know, I don't regret I don't regret those. I but, think CMC's third in scoring it for running back still. Yeah, he's still grinding out just like you're not dead, basically. Right. You right. know, yeah, you're not happy, but he's he's doing just enough to where like you're like, please God, like just m- let the team around him be good enough that I can get through to the playoffs with him. He'll probably be fairly low low owned in the playoffs. But I think after the top five, it was just, did you go to the Ecklers, Henrys, and and Derrick Henry's been okay. Um, but Henry's Mixon's Najee shout out to Felix in the, in the, I know he's, he's in the chat. Did you go to not Najee is a, uh, has been really brutal. Uh, I know he scored a touchdown this week, but Felix, we're really happy you, you won a million dollars last year Yeah, because yes. you're going to need it after this year. I think we had that conversation <laughs> uh, at a certain point this, this off season where it was like, <laughs> You're really pushing this. You won a million dollars, <laughs> and now you're going to draft ninety percent Najee. Like, uh, I feel like this is not going to be your year. And turns out, Najee. Uh, Watch him pick it. Watch him pick another one with the one of the teams that he didn't get Najee, and he just slithers, slithers it, slithers it through to the to the finals. And and then I can never talk to him again because <laughs> I'm not a millionaire, and he is twice. We're gonna we'll delete. We're gonna delete the whole channel if that if that happens. <laughs> Um, but yeah, not non tilt is, I think the first round was, was a, was a, honestly the first two rounds round three, we start to get into Kyle Pitts territory and DJ Moore territory and Broncos wide receiver territory. It gets a little sketchy, but I feel really good about the first two rounds being that top five was a lock and then getting to Diggs, Kelsey, Devante, Saquon, Tyreek, AJ Brown, right? Even Debo, yeah. even Debo has been okay. Um, feel really feel really good about that. So, Tiger's posted some of his team, and it's a, okay. It's let's an, see. It. It's an Allen double stack with Diggs and Gabe, but he also has Saquon, Josh Jacobs, Wow, Amonra, Alave. Like those are some of the players he has on this team with those tight ends. And it's what like you look smash. at it, and like, yeah, you could get this team easily. You could easily get this team. Um, you know, I wasn't on Alave because I just didn't like the Saints' offense to begin with. But yep. What a fucking L. What an L that is, Olave, being on like a bunch of other and the other rookie wide receivers have been great. Yep. Right. Garrett Wilson, London, etc. But I wasn't really on Olave, uh, just a sprinkle here and there. And that feels that feels bad. This team is awesome. This team is awesome. I just I gotta show you this, Eric, just because we, we have to do something dog related on every stream. But this is what I this is what I deal with right here. <laughs> that is that is literally uh, uh an everyday occurrence also for 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 my dogs why do they lay a lot? like uh, do they would they look at me weird if i laid like that probably right so like why are you doing what why what is what is it with the laying on the back you know full spread eagle with the dogs it, i don't get it's, it it's unreal all right let's get back to this i think it's my turn and eric i host a show about ghosts right like and we we talk about the theories of if ghosts are real or not like how they could be i am about to prove that ghosts are real in accordance to football because 
where the hell's William Fuller? Right? <laughs> um, I didn't even think about him. That is a great one. And I'm just sitting here. I'm like, all right, he's got to sign with a team soon. He's got to sign with a team soon, right? Like, and not only is he not signed with a team, I don't know if he's a real person or if he's dead. So he must be a ghost because who the hell has seen Will? Nobody has even said that they've seen William Fuller in the last year. Where is he? Go make money. You're like 12 years old or something. And you have like a small window to make money playing football. Go make money. What are you doing? Can you please go play? Me, me and Overzet especially are begging you to play because um, our big dog team is in first place right now in our, in our grouping. And if we could get William Fuller on that team, that would be, uh, that would be phenomenal. And somehow we're in first place with Everett and Gesicki as our tight ends. I'm telling you, if you hit the nuts around the tight end, it just like really doesn't matter. I was trying to pull up a picture of like a guy chilling on an island or something like that. And and uh, that was that was Will Fuller. But on, I I don't know, man. I, I I part of me does like quasi respect it. He's been hurt a lot. Um, and maybe he just doesn't just doesn't want to play football and you know if you made a bunch of money and that's how you feel so be it but like it is it is bizarro world that in in 2022 right tom brady can't have marital problems without it coming out Mm -hmm. uh before before right it came out well before yeah uh rumors did you know uh the moment robbie anderson uh, uh beefs with his coach we know he's getting traded you know uh the, everything comes out so fast we 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 know what these athletes eat for lunch every single day and n- i don't know a person who knows where the fuck will fuller even is right, right now <laughs> right i it doesn't make any sense to me i can't figure it out it's probably the most confusing thing of the entire nfl season honestly honestly other him him and um you know the the Space Jam. Uh, they they took they took uh, uh Russell Wilson's they took Russell Wilson's <laughs> football playing ability away. Like like it's friggin' Space Jam, you know. And he's he's uh Muggsy Bogues. I, I I I don't I don't know I don't know what's going on with with uh Will Fuller and and it's crazy. Like, do we think that he's just become? I'm trying to remember the guy who Leonardo DiCaprio played in The Aviator. Like he ended up just becoming like this recluse that couldn't leave his house because he was like. Um, you know, he went crazy basically. Yes. Uh, but is that what's going on? William Fuller? Is he is he just like looking out his blinds every 15 minutes? Like, I hope no one comes and asks me to play football. Like, I'm gonna stay in this house. And he just he's has like a beard and walks. A... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he should be in the Lord of the Ring show or something. Just <laughs> get this hood and this long beard, and he's out there casting spells and just checking on the neighborhood and yeah where is william fuller somebody tell me and while we're on it i need to tilt this goddamn team that we're in first place and and i look at this team and i get angry we drafted jalen hurts can you tell me why me and pete decided to draft ryan Tannehill and zach wilson after drafting jalen hurts (laughs) like yeah i gotta go back and watch like what the thesis of that play was um (laughs) we we're just crushing it with running backs is all we have fournette Brees hall Ramondre, Josh Jacobson, Kenneth Walker. So, like, that's oh. why we're 
that's why we're crushing. Like, yeah, as DY says, Brees, Brees is absolutely crushing, and that has to be one of the best running back rooms you can have, right? Fournette, yeah. Brees, Ramondre, Jacobs, and Kenneth Walker. Oh my God! Yeah, we that crushed. team is silly. Yeah, and then like our wide receivers, not to like you know gloat about our teams, but we have CD, AJ Brown, Judy, MVS, Burks, Hardman, Pierce, and William Fuller. <laughs> For some reason. Yeah. I guess you took a... This will pivot into um, one of my tilting players. And it's tilting because he's crushing. And he's on that team. And it is Sir Josh Jacobs. What what the fuck, man? What just happened? (laughs) What what just happened with Josh Jacobs? The whole thing all offseason. Josh McDaniels is in town. He's bringing the Patriots, right? He's bringing the, he's bringing the committee backfield. They didn't. Every You talked about um, at the beginning with the Eagles, a team telling you what they want to do, right? Like mm-hmm. it was more so pass, run, or whatever. They didn't re-up Josh Jacobs. Uh, you know, they didn't uh, sign his uh, fifth-year option. So you're like, well, okay, that's a bad sign. That's probably, that's probably not a very good. New regime doesn't doesn't uh and and those are like fairly cheap options um for you know uh, a guy like josh jacobs so they're not interested in bringing him back at least not yet they draft samir white they bring in brandon bolden and amir abdullah and they're all they all make the team Mm -hmm. josh jacobs plays in the hall of fame game with like all the slapdick backups right it's like everybody is resting all the competent players. Mac Collins didn't. Keelan Cole. It's him and Keelan Cole out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, so you're like, okay, this is terrible for Josh Jacobs. I'm smashing Samir White in drafts. All of a sudden, Josh Jacobs is the second coming of <laughs> of whatever, Bo Jackson, in the backfield. He's, he's has, he has almost 300 yards rushing in the last two games, 70 receiving. He's almost he's borderline 400 total yards in the last two games. He's playing all the snaps. Brandon Bolden is mixing in a little bit, but it's really just Josh Jacobs' backfield in an offense that, you know, that the team has not been great. They haven't won a lot of games, um, the Raiders. But, like, we're not really worried about their offense like with the Broncos. The Broncos are, like, being competitive in these games, but they're, like, the worst, you know, it's like watching a Bears game. They're awful. The Raiders are not winning a ton, but the the uh, offense is not something we are worried about. And this dude looks awesome. He yep. looks he looks every bit the first round running back um, that they probably drafted him to be. And so I am tilting my face off with like almost no Josh Jacobs and a lot of Zamir White as Josh Jacobs looks like. And 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 I probably should have seen not seen this coming, but should have thought about this more. Where it's like, look, I'm I'm a zero RB bro, right? You know, I'm drafting a lot of a lot of Miles Sanders, I'm drafting a lot of Ramondre, Damian Harris, those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. I need to mix in Josh Jacobs because this type of outcome, a an outcome where he's usable all year is very much in the range and an outcome where he smashes is of course in, in, in the range of outcomes. And I just was trying to read all those tea leaves and uh, <laughs> went probably a little bit overboard and, you know, eighth round Josh Jacobs is just 
an absolute smash. And uh, it tilts me every time he, he's going to run for 100 yards again this week. They play the Texans, and uh, it's going to suck. Look, I don't have a ton of Jacobs, and it's not like me and Overzet were rocket scientists on that team. He, dra- he dropped 40 to 50 picks past ADP that stream, and that's why we got Josh Jacobs. We were like, well, we have to now. Like, <laughs> we have. It's why we took Mike Gusecki. He went three rounds past ADP. We're like, well, we have to take Mike Gusecki now because he's there. It Sometimes that stuff happens, and those are some of the benefits you get in the live streams where people don't nobody wants to be the guy to draft josh jacobs yep so he just he just falls and falls and falls and falls and then at some point it's like guys like somebody's got to take him so might as well be us and you know you don't and you still don't feel particularly great about it but you're like "Eh, (laughs) if he's 40 to 50 picks past adp we got to do it so yeah i mean that goes into my zamir white which was a guy that i listed so it's like literally the same spiel but Zamir White is just a name for like a bunch of guys, right? It's um the the rookie running back and on the Chargers that we thought was gonna smash who I can't Spiller. Yeah, Spiller. You know, like insert player X here and you're just Tyrion Davis Price. Right. The, all those guys, yep. Yeah, I mean, but we're gonna do that every year because of the upside. Like you're gonna be taking your shots on these guys in the 14th to 18th round because if you hit that's an absolute smash if you took damian pierce in the 18th round in the early drafts like you feel phenomenal right now right and zamir white was the same thesis at the time for the most part like 100 right on a better offense on a better offense so that that's i mean it's we're gonna every year that we do this we're gonna have a zamir white right and that it's it, so we can just insert that name with anybody. Is there anyone else you particularly wanted to hit on in this? I'm trying to look at uh, at my list. Nothing, I have, I have Kyler. We already talked about him a little bit. Can we talk about Sky more? We can talk about Sky more. You're you're heavy on the Chiefs. I don't know how much Sky more you have. I don't have a ton a ton of Sky more. I'm just looking at it right now, like 15. percent I think 12 to 14 percent, something like Sky- that. Sky Moore, mm-hmm. and you know, he was he was he's got to be one of the best examples of you know we got excited everybody did me everybody about the prospect, but we're talking about a, a small school. Mm-hmm. I know he or I know he was early to clear. I know he was productive. Blah blah blah. We're talking about a small school player drafted after a lot of other wide receivers. And because we could squint and tell ourselves a story about the profile, right? He checks a couple boxes. There's some good production in in uh, the freaking Mac where everybody scores a bunch of points. I mean, I, I understand like how how people kind of evaluate their prospects, and I respect it. And I respect uh, I'm not a total prospect guru, so I absolutely listen to other people's opinions. But go watch Mac football. And tell me that like there isn't some guys putting up some numbers in the Mac that are not NFL football players. I'm not saying Sky isn't. I actually am still a little bit bullish for Sky the rest of the way. But I think you wanted to see a little more than this, given what their wide receiver room is doing. Juju, I know he just had the good game, but it was kind of one catch where a guy, you know, Juju looks like 
Juju looks like he reminds me of Gerald Everett. I don't know why. Maybe it's a single digit. He looks he looks like a tight end. He looks like a tight end out there, like yeah. an athletic tight end, but a tight end nonetheless. But he's playing he's playing wide receiver. Juju looks like dust to me. There's no juice with with Juju. MVS is just MVS, which is fine. McColl yeah. McColl is McColl. Yeah. They need help. They need help. And Sky still can't really carve out a role. And I feel like it's it's one of those where, you know, uh, the, the, the Leone, we jumped the shark. He went ahead of Chris Olave. He's going ahead of Garrett Wilson. You know, he's going ahead of a lot of guys. And I get it. I, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for the upside and stuff, too. Um, and I drafted plenty of him. But I feel like maybe his ADP was just a little bit out of balance because because of the landing spot, which is the hardest thing for me to kind of figure out is like because I want guys on the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I, I and, and the wide receiver room was wide open. Who knows? Maybe he could have started day one. But I think we're seeing the flaws in in you know the small school second round wide receiver from Western Michigan and taking him in the eighth round just because he's on the Chiefs. I think we're seeing uh, the flaws in that. Yeah, I mean, and I took uh, I wasn't big on Sky Moore, but I have a lot of Sky Moore just by proxy of having a ton of Patrick Mahomes. So like trying to get those double stacks and everything, it's like he was one of the easier ones to double stack. So yep. yeah, I'm double the field on him, but I didn't love Sky Moore. I, I mean, I made a video making fun of Sky Moore, like calling him Slant Boy too, because I watched his highlight reel and the first seven plays of his highlight reel is just it's running a slant all over the middle of the field. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that could be fine. Like, you know, he's going to house one or two of those maybe this year, but yeah, I mean, I wasn't big on Sky Moore. I have a player we should end this with, unless you have something else afterwards. But I think I'm good. I think the player to end this with is a guy that I was already uncomfortable with in in the offseason based on where he was being drafted. And it's CeeDee Lamb. He's not having a particularly awful year, but he's not having a great year either. And it's like, and he's exactly what I thought he was is the, is the thing. Like, he's exactly what I thought he was going to be. He was going to be fine. Like, yep. third round CeeDee Lamb would be great. But we had to draft him tail end of the first, early second. And it never, I don't know about for you, but I never liked it. Like, it was like a grit my teeth. And I think we even had a stream where I was 100 drafts in and I hadn't drafted CeeDee Lamb at all. And I corrected <laughs> it to to get more of him. Like, it was a... I actively went and got more CD Lamb, but I subconsciously knew I didn't like where he was getting drafted. And I guess like my overall point on this is, do we just lean into those a little bit more going forward? And if like, I don't like CD Lamb at the end of the first, early second, do I just fade? Or am I going to have to accept the fact that like, maybe I still need CD in the playoffs and I have to get some CD teams? Right. So like I'm I, it's a it's something I have to ponder a little bit more. I don't have an answer at the moment for it. But I, I mean, I think if you have CD Lamb, you're you're not fully frustrated, but you're kind of frustrated and you don't feel like there's a high upside going forward. Kind of. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that you brought him up because uh, he wasn't someone that I that I thought about because he's like you said, he's been fine or what, you know, generally yeah. speaking, not definitely not the smash of the first two rounds, but he was the guy. That we just, because after all those top guys, like we mentioned, right, we talked about earlier, you get past the Diggs, Devontae, Kelsey, 
whatever. We got to take someone. And it's like everybody likes CD as a player. He has all the target upside in the world. Now, Dak has been out, so we'll see over these next couple weeks, but he wasn't particularly good (laughs) before Dak got hurt anyway. Mm -hmm. He is an interesting kind of thought experiment where everybody drops in a player into this kind of dead zone of the early rounds and then pushes back. So like uh, some people in the uh, GA even mentioned again, like Tyreek, right? Um, uh, Tyreek is uh, Fritzy boy says uh, Tyreek's on pace to break the single season receiving record. Why exactly were we down on Tyreek at the two, three turn? Yeah. But CD never budged from the one, two, never, never moved. Like, stayed and i liked all those wide receivers more than i like cd lamb i liked evans and i liked tyreek is better tyreek is a better football player yeah than cd lamb yeah and we were and and because tua can't throw the ball 80 yards we weren't gonna like we couldn't take him but we can take cd in like kind of a questionable offense you know, noah brown is the wide receiver too like offensive lines getting worse Uh, you know I, I, I have like my share of CD because I did the same thing. It was like, uh, what do you do? What do you do after all those guys are gone? I don't want to take Joe Mixon. <laughs> and I feel fine about not taking Joe Mixon. I feel fine if I took CD over Joe Mixon. But the other wide receivers are probably better football players than CD Lamb at this point. CD's good. I like CD. I'm bullish about him for the future. AJ Brown is better at football. Than CD Lamb is yep. Tyreek Hill is better at football than CD Lamb is Debo Samuel is better at football than than CD Lamb is uh, Mark Andrews is better at football than than CD Lamb is there were all those guys that we could have t- Saquon Barkley we could have taken right there and we just like the infatuation with CD put him in this spot where it's just gonna be so hard to win with him because of what you sacrificed even if he is better. Moving forward, mm-hmm. what you sacrificed to take him over Tyreek, Mark Andrews, Saquon, AJ Brown, etc., it's 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 going to be hard. And so um, he's a good lesson, I think. I don't, I don't have like a really firm takeaway yet, but I'm glad you brought him up because he's a he's a really really he was a very unique um, use case this year. That uh, uh, I, I don't think, and it's like you're not like you said, you're not mad that you have him. But you're you're probably not winning your league either yeah, with yeah. with CD. I and just looking at his stats, right? He hasn't broken 100 yards yet this year. Now, me and you are doing a DFS show together on Sunday. Um, nice. Not even sure if you knew that, but yeah, I think we're doing the show together on this Sunday morning. He's playing Detroit at home. He's probably going to be one of my, you know, locks. Just I haven't gone through everything, but going to break CD, 100 yards this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. CD at home against Detroit. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> You know, lock it up. He's going to get the hundred. Dax but, back. Dax yeah, back. Yeah. 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 He's going to crush. But he's, his targets have been crazy 11, 11, 12, 8, 8, 10. You know, and he's double digits every week in PPR scoring, other than week one, where, you know, he got crushed yeah. from Tampa. But he still had 11 targets that game. It's just, it becomes like this whole thing where you're just like, uh, I just don't know. It doesn't feel good. And it didn't feel good drafting him. Um, I was reading this comment from Craig too, and th- I kind of have this theory going forward, not specifically in relation to CD Lamb, 
my dog is actually going to go crazy tonight. I'm like, I love yours. this. <laughs> I'm watching. I'm sorry, Craig. I, I read your comment. I appreciate you, but apologies <laughs> if I'm distracted. Um, so I, I was looking at some of my teams and I have like 4% say Najee and, you know, like 3%. I don't even know. Just some of the guys that I just didn't really like in the first round. Derrick Henry, like, and I'm not even like a Derrick Henry hater, like a lot of people that we converse with, but like, if I'm down enough that I don't even want to get even to the field on these guys or close to it, why don't I just up my bags on Stefan Diggs or, you know, Travis Kelsey or Saquon Barkley or like guys in that wheelhouse. I'm just going off the ADP from the preseason, like before the season started. Like, why don't we just and I'm, and you know how I am. I'm a lean into players guy. So why wasn't I leaning fully in this spot? And I, and I think I edged more towards that every year. So that is a point that I want to remember next year. CD, I don't know if he really falls into that so much because I, I just, I really have. It's a guy. If the spot comes up again next year, I'm going to have to look at it and be like, oh, this is a CD spot. And that might be a thing that I think of for the rest of my life. Like, oh, this is the CD Lamb spot, yeah. right? And yep. and how do I feel about this player? And I think I have to make a decision. Do I like him? Do I not like him? Should I draft him or not draft him? And that's that's where we got to go with that. I like this. Good way to wrap up. I was just going to show. I think we talked about this on a, a show several, uh, uh, maybe a, even a couple of months ago now. Mm-hmm. But uh, I feel the exact same way of what Craig said and, and what you said. And I pulled up just my BBM exposure specifically. And it, it was it was exactly so. I was out on Eckler. I was mm-hmm. out on Derrick Henry. You do see, I did I did end with zero Dalvin. I was out on Najee. I was out on Mixon. I was out on Kamara. And it's like, did I take a lot of them? No. Are there maybe a couple auto drafts here and there? Sure. But getting a cumulative 15 percent or whatever uh, exposure to those players who I literally don't want, because as you see with rankings here, Jamar Chase is my five. He ended up as the six overall in ADP. So I'm going to be, I should be a little higher than him on him. I am right. I'm way lower on Derrick Henry ranking 15 versus seven Dalvin yeah. seven versus eight, right? Diggs is higher. Devante's higher. Kelsey's higher. So I should just be getting like, I, I, I can appreciate uh, people wanting to diversify a little bit, but I'm already like, I'm not going to be having some 40% stand on a first round player. Cause it's just not possible. Right. Cause I'm going to get my requisite 11% JT 7% CMC, right? I'm going to get my 10 to 15% of all those top five guys. Let's pile. Let's, let's turn this digs number from 14 to 18. Let's yeah. turn this Devante number from 16 or from 12 to 16, right? Kelsey's 12 to 15. Let's just ramp that up as opposed to what is the point yeah. of this two? Like if Najee is the guy, you weren't going to win anyway. You have, you have four Najee teams or whatever. Like who cares? You know, you, you weren't going to win. So just that's, that, that is yeah. definitely um, the tilt thing. I'm tilted that I took any of those guys. Like, look, if, if, if I lost to Najee, you know, our good friend Felix can win and good for him. He can be a multimillionaire. He can be a, we lose and we move on to the next year. But I wish those, those not right. It it sounds like nothing, but it's like when the thesis of those wide receivers, tight ends, et cetera, were right. And you can pivot a cumulative 25 teams or whatever to those other guys. It makes a huge difference 
in the amount of bullets you have that are alive. Yeah. Right? Those those Najee teams, those five take those five Najee teams, those five Eckler teams, those five Mixon teams, whatever. Move them to Kelsey. How much better do you feel right now? Right. Pretty pretty freaking awesome. You would feel a lot better. And so. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm tilted that I didn't just make that little minor tweak because it, it was something I probably should have seen, seen ahead of time. Yeah. If we're shooting at a target, right. I'd rather have 30 Kelsey bullets instead of 25 with five Najee bullets, right? Exactly. I'd rather just have the, the extra five Kelsey teams. Like, because now you're saying you have to be perfect on these Najee teams, right? Like if he is the guy that you need, you still need to be perfect around him. And you've already made the decision that you're not building these teams around Najee. You're building them around these other players. So let's just build mm-hmm. extra teams around Travis Kelsey, around Saquon Barkley, around, you know, Stefan Diggs, for sure, where, who we were both grabbing early. Like, just give me those targets. And spoiler alert, people dragged Christian McCaffrey teams to the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. So you can still do it with these guys that even if you miss you can still min cash like we all no one wants to min cash but it's still viable that you can get these teams to a cashing level right so i i just would rather have the bullets on on some of the other guys that i believe in a little bit more but cd's like in that middle like he's such a middle guy where you're like it's almost like flipping a coin but i didn't feel good about him and i leaned not feeling good so maybe that's what I need to figure out. So is he a guy that we should have 4% on, right? right. Like, or do we just fail? Or is he Dalvin Cook? Right. And that's that's where I got to, like, figure out, man. Like, I just – it's going to be one of my main stressing points of the, of the offseason. Like, who do I lean into? Who do I lean away from? Um, that's going to be one of my main things to look at as we start drafting again okay. next year. I'm really glad you brought this up as as we wrap up. Well, I'm kind of tilted about it because now it's going to run laps around my head uh, the the rest the rest of the night. And NBA is kicking off tonight. Shout out to anybody else that's uh, drafted some NBA best ball teams or whatever. Uh, drafted some NBA battle royale teams, um, but thick, like I did not stress enough. I don't think anyone does. I mean, there you know, there's one or two percent of people probably out there that do this much better. Honestly, Felix does this. <laughs> better than we do uh mm-hmm. now it led him to 90 percent naji so uh <laughs> take that with a grain of salt but rip does it but do, doing this implementing your thesis better than what other people do and i don't think i've figured that out yet right you just you just get it and, and part of it is dude it's a grind you're mm-hmm. drafting hundreds or thousands of teams for months and months and you get into that lull and in August, you're like, yep, <laughs> got to get my 121st BBM team in and, you know, whatever. And Najee falls to the middle of the second. And instead of taking Tyreek Hill, you take Najee Harris because you're like, oh, I'll just get my Najee exposure when he falls six picks past ADP. Like that fucking matters. Right. <laughs> like, like six picks past ADP in the second round. Like who cares? It really doesn't matter. And so implementing my a kind of exposure and portfolio strategy better kind of like what we just talked about like just give me those five more digs teams 
Like, yeah. I, you know, it's easy to say now because those guys aren't hitting, but it, it's it's also easy to say because that was the thesis before. I just, well, showed yeah. you the, I just showed you the rankings. You had just said you and I, Stephon, Travis Kelsey was my sixth overall player. Stephon Diggs was my seventh. Devontae Adams was my eighth. I was just taking all those those guys over those other running backs. So why do I have, why do I have Najee? Why do I have Eckler? Why do I have Mixon? Right? I shouldn't. If if I if I stuck to my guns and it wouldn't have changed my portfolio that much, and I would I'd be able to better live with myself, right? When the season ends, if Dalvin Cook is the guy, so be it. I, I I'm happy to lose. I really don't give a shit. Yeah. But if I lose, and I you will never be able to tell this is the problem. If I lose because I didn't get those five extra digs as the guy, right? I'm above market on digs. And Kelsey, one of them is the guy, right? Kelsey scores four touchdowns in the in the finals, and I didn't get a Kelsey team through because I didn't because I drafted those extra ten teams of these other running backs I didn't want. I'll never know, right? right. And you're like, and you look back and you're like, oh yeah, I was right about Kelsey, but I didn't make any money from it, you know. So it, it, that's that's definitely one of the biggest things I'm going to try to figure out next year because I'm. Right. I have a stand on Henderson. Like I said earlier, you have stands on, right. We have stand, both of us have stands on MVS. I took a stand on, you know, et cetera player, but figuring out, I think the first few rounds, how to best implement that is something I haven't figured out yet. And, um, something I'm, I'm going to sink my teeth into. Yeah. Um, Craig has a question and I don't know how deep we want to get into this because we need to get going, but yep. so he basically says, I have another percentage question. I've been contemplating to you. How much do I want to follow you top streamers and how much do I fade it? You guys provide such great info when I write on so many players, but when I'm right on Derek Henry and advance those teams, I know I have leverage versus your 150 teams and followers. Yeah, you have leverage on us, but guess what? Derrick Henry still got drafted in the first round every <laughs> single time, or at least the second. it's not like you're so like those guys, it's your leverage against us literally doesn't matter because we're just dead anyways, right? You're but for you, you advance more teams. So that's great. Like good for you. Um, and if you feel strongly about a player, it goes into feeling strongly about a player. If you feel strongly about a player, you're trying to get that player through with as many bullets as you possibly can. If your guy's Derrick Henry, I don't besmirch you that. I don't. Again, I have no issue with Derrick Henry. I've no. I've never followed the trend of like hating Derrick Henry until this year specifically. But that's just because I have problems with the Titans' offense as a whole this year. Mm-hmm. It's not, and that's not even and specifically he's, he, on. He's he's older now. The right. Titans. It was a different situation than the last couple of years. Yeah, and I. I think I had eight to ten percent Henry last year because he's a guy that can rip off a forty-point game, unlike any other running back in the league. And we were right until he got hurt. Like you looked yep. great uh, on it, right? I had a Henry Eckler team that was absolutely manhandling everybody. Smash! It yeah, might geez. it might have been number one on the leaderboard as of like week seven or eight, and then it, then it got toasted. So like, yeah, I mean, you need to find the guys that you believe in and the thesis behind him now you're not getting leverage because he's still getting drafted every single draft the only time you're getting leverage with players are guys that you get that went undrafted 50 percent of the time or whatever you know what i mean like so i don't you can't look at it that specific way in my opinion you need to look at what you want your portfolio to be and what you want to try to get through to advance if yeah, that makes some- sense 
yeah, what I would add is um, a guy we talked about earlier that I think is a better example isn't leverage, but mm-hmm. a guy who has the requisite kind of wide band range of outcomes upside, however you want to phrase it, that the community, not just that, right? The community, all the the streamers, as 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 Craig said, the community kind of um, pushes down a Josh Jacobs, where like if the community is wrong about Josh Jacobs, yeah, him him in the tenth round is the best pick in fantasy, as he kind of has been for the last two weeks, basically. Yeah, Derrick Henry was still had an ADP of seven or whatever. Yeah, this is a great it, point. You're you're not gaining anything by taking a stand on Derrick Henry because the entire field is right there with you. Yeah. But Josh Jacobs, who maybe I don't want to say artificially because there were reasons, right? I, I kind of outlined the reasons why I was low on Josh Jacobs, and but they were all the same reasons that everyone was low on Josh Jacobs and everyone in this community was thinking the same thing when right. It's like it's the anti LaVisca last year. Everybody saw the LaVisca ceiling case last year and so he gets steamed up because everybody's like oh man all these people that are creating content are talking about this upside case for this talented player who who remains to be seen if he's talented but you know so he he gets driven up if you just fade that that could be some kind of quasi leverage because the market has taken a firm stand on a one specific outcome for that player same thing happened with josh jacobs this year the market said Look, it's a committee. They didn't exercise his fifth-year option. You know, uh, Zamir White's going to mix in there. Brandon Bolden's going to mix in there. Amir yeah. Abdullah made Sean Siegel's zero RB list. That dude hasn't even touched the ball in in a month. I, I've <laughs> I, I've got as many touches as Amir Abdullah has in the NFL. It, it you know, and the whole but the whole field just said, eh, nope, it's over for Josh Jacobs. But there was at this, this was in the range. I don't know what percentage probability I would put on this outcome. It's low, but yep. this was in the range. And so those are the situations I think I would uh, be more willing to be like, let's fade kind of the, the, the streamer consensus. Yeah, no, those, those are definitely the ones that I try to sky more sky more yeah. gets, gets bumped up. Like that was, you know, not the, you know, single out the ship chasing guys, but it just, he got pushed up and he yeah, was because of talked them. about it because was three people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was because of them. I mean, so those are the ones where, you know, if if Leone has a guy or you know we have a guy that we like, you need to step back. You need to look and like, are they getting pushed up because of these players and because of these guys? And maybe you need to go the other way with it, or maybe we're right and we're smart and we do things that are proper, right? So, um. <laughs> I think that is going to do it for me tonight. Do you have anything else you wanted to hit on? I don't think so. Um, this was fun for everybody uh, watching. A, appreciate you. But B, we're about to get into kind of a new rhythm for both the live shows and content that's coming out on this channel. So just be on the lookout for a little bit of a different flavor of of what we're going to be doing. I'm, I'm extremely excited about kind of some small pivots that uh, – that we're making, but obviously this show, the show will be here every Tuesday at, at, uh, at this time. And, um, uh, I'm feeling good. I'm excited. It, even though the show was like 
meant to trigger both of us i think um it was it was a lot of fun conversation it's therapy. <laughs> it therapy yeah exactly yeah. you but we should have done it late laying on the, like got the 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 couches or whatever yep. and laid laid down and done the show on the, I mean, on the couch it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gotham did, and now my literally, you can't see it, but uh, one of my dogs is having an the uh, an absolute like. Oh, then they're trying to wrestle. If you can see, you're probably Perfect. starting to yeah. see them from behind yeah. me. Yeah, so it's perfect timing for us to get out of here. But uh, um, we'll be back next week. Maybe, maybe we'll do. Uh, I think you mentioned this. We'll do some some mid season awards. Uh, yeah, we next can do week. that. Um, and I just want to say only because it's October, I'm just going to like self promote real quick. Um, we are doing, if you're into spooky stuff tonight, nine o'clock, we're starting our big October. We've been doing a big October push, but tonight we are covering Salem, Massachusetts on hometown ghost stories. That's live at nine o'clock on YouTube. So if you want to do something spooky with your family or something, it's a, it's a fun show to watch. We're going to be covering what happened during the Salem Witch Trials, but also the ghosts, much like Will Fuller, that linger <laughs> within Salem, Massachusetts. Um, so come join us. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. So for myself, for Eric, we will see you soon. Peace. <laughs>